Welcome to the Ross Road Connect podcast. I'm Holly. And I'm Craig. And we are your hosts as we talk all things church, life, theology, faith, and beyond. Welcome to the Ross Road Connect podcast, season two, episode number two. Welcome in, Holly. Thank you. Yeah. You're very welcome. I feel like we should say at the beginning, which we didn't in the first episode of season two, that our new introduction is, um, as the kids would say, actually, would the kids even say this anymore? Would they say it's lit, Holly, or is that like gone? Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? They would maybe say it out of like, not out, out of spite is the wrong word. They would mock out, it. Only, yeah, only if they're being ironic about it. It's almost as bad as like if you were still like dabbing or flossing or something. Oh, amazing. So what <laughs> yeah. adjective would they assign to something that they used to call lit? Oh, they would probably say like it's fire. Uh, so, I mean, pretty similar. It's like the but, same word. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's still different. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd probably say that's fire. Um, oh, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Wow. But that that definitely is one. Fire will be out by tomorrow. We know probably it probably out. is already out, and I'm probably uh, <laughs> I'm already missing the boat on this. Yeah. Well, our thanks to Courtney Rada for putting that intro together with the music and uh, recording that intro was a time. Let me. Tell I was. You. Yeah, I was just uh, reminiscing on that myself. Yeah. So we yeah. had to. Uh, let me, let me, let me explain. Yeah, paint the picture here. Yeah. So we're in the podcast room and Courtney's trying to get audio to use for the intro. So the intro now is you and I talking. It is. Introducing Mostly ourselves. me talking, actually. Most, it's almost <laughs> all you talking. Yeah. And yeah. we both had to say the entirety of the intro. Yeah. But we had to say it like, welcome to the Ross Road Connect podcast. My name is Craig. And then we had to pause and then say, and my name is Craig, because then Courtney could use, you know, one or the other of the intro and like my name could go first or your name could go first. And then we carried on, yeah. but we could not do it. Just was so unnatural. We just oh, lost yeah. it every time we tried. It's true. We had to like eventually just turn around and not look at anybody while we said it out loud. Otherwise we would just start cracking up. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then after all of that, all I get is, and I'm Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Courtney said, I guess I said my name as if it was like a question. Yes. One of the times. And I'm Holly. <laughs> oh, that's good. So she used what she could out of both of it. So it's great. Yeah. But yeah. it sounds great. It does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's upbeat. It's fun. Yeah. I know we're in a whole new world here in season two. It is a whole new world. We're going to yeah. get ourselves some proper mics too, which is going to be better That's on the true. sound and it's going to be an even better world after that. Yeah. We will level up. We will. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so a, a couple housekeeping, well, just one housekeeping item um, back in, I want to say episode 44 or maybe 43, we played a game called connect the thoughts and we presented this game. Uh, we threw out the question and invited listeners to answer that question. And then I, we did have the correct response submitted to us uh, by more than one person, but then we forgot to ever bring it up again. So uh, we, need, we need to clean that up. And we'll pose a new question here. So our congratulations to Gina Johnson, 
who got the right answer. Well, I didn't even bring up the question. Uh, the right answer was Philistines. And I can't even remember what, what the three uh, persons. Oh, were. I don't remember that either. Yeah, but the right answer was Philistines and, and they knew it. Uh, so yeah. congratulations to Gina. We'll get you a, a gift card uh, and we'll, we'll get that to you soon. But okay, here's the next question. Okay, connect the thoughts. So the idea here is all three of these things have a common thread that binds them together. And they're, uh, you're looking for that correct uh, answer to the, the, the common thread here. So here's the three things. Number one, the Israelites in their slavery in Egypt. Number two, the creation because of sin. And number three, the Spirit's intercession for Christians. Okay, number one, the Israelites in their slavery in Egypt. Number two, the creation because of sin. And number three, the Spirit's intercession for Christians. The first person to contact one of us with the correct answer will win a $10 gift card to an establishment of your choice. Yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good one. That is Craig, a good one. Uh, Craig told me the answer and uh, it was not, I don't think I would have guessed it. So it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good game. It makes you think. Yeah. You were thinking too hard about it. That was I was problem. thinking too hard you about it. You were overthinking it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot. <laughs> You're just such a deep thinker, Holly. You, you know, it. deep thinker, overthinker. It's, uh, you know, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> I specialize uh, in overthinking. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of deep thinking, yeah, oh, we're going to good segue. Thank you. If we're going to do some deep thinking, um, this episode is coming out uh, early October, but we're talking about this in late September, the 29th. So tomorrow to you and I right now is uh, the National Truth and Reconciliation Day. Mm -hmm. And we felt like we wanted to have a, a bit of a conversation about this and about uh, the ways in which we can be thinking about things the ways in which the church ought to be responding. Mm -hmm. um, but, but also recognizing at the beginning that we, we feel a little inadequate for the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, here we are two Caucasian people who haven't had to deal with a lot of this face to face. Um, and yet this is a reality for our fellow countrymen in Canada, indigenous people in Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a bit of awkwardness to it in that way. Like mm -hmm. we want to talk about it because it's important to talk about and it's important yeah. to be aware of, but we also don't put ourselves in the position of having all the answers and knowing what to do. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. We're, yeah, we're approaching this with a real humility and we both have a lot to learn as well. Um, but yeah, we just think it's important to not, stay silent on matters of injustice. Uh, because I think sometimes if we stay silent on things, we can, um, put ourselves in the side of the oppressor. So I think it's important to try to speak. Um, but, uh, yeah, with a attitude of humility and, uh, yeah, we're both kind of coming from a place of privilege, but, uh, yeah, we would love to just kind of have a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. So uh, this, this, I think conversation is the key word there. We're not presenting mm -hmm. definitive answers as much no. as the journey that we're on. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, a temptation for well-meaning Christians uh, and well-meaning white Christians probably uh, 
mm-hmm. to um, to face this uh, and, and have a couple of possible reactions. One is to think this is so overwhelming, I'm going to run away from it and not talk right. about it. Yeah. And the other is to say, wow, this is such a big deal. I'm going to rush into it because I think mm-hmm. I can fix it. <laughs> Right. Which is, I think those are two extremes we want to avoid. Yeah. Um, we want to put ourselves in a position of learning and listening more than yeah. solving or ignoring. It's very true. And I think something that we kind of wanted to at least say too was, I think, yeah, sometimes we can kind of develop like a white savior complex um, when we think we are superior, which is not true. But um, yeah, coming to a place where we want to help and we want to be able to make an impact, but we need to learn, okay, well, how do I do that without putting myself in a position where I am thinking that I'm better than someone else? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want to be able to use our privilege to speak for those who can't like speak for themselves, but yeah, not feel like, oh, well, I'm a white person, so I can fix this it's a it's a complicated line to walk for sure so why is this important to talk about at all Mm -hmm. like that specifically or truth and reconciliation Uh, the whole i'm talking the whole thing here yeah well i think just even as christians i think we should all totally be talking about this i think it's very evident in the bible that god cares for everybody um god shows no partiality um yeah and i think especially even i was looking at some verses uh today uh there's so many psalm 82 uh defend the weak and the fatherless uphold the cause of the poor and oppressed uh the righteous care about uh justice for the poor but the wicked have no such concern proverbs 29 7 uh galatians 6 2 carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of christ Uh, Proverbs 31, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly and defend the rights of the poor and needy. And also with that to say too, it's important to note that definitely not all indigenous people are poor either. So this kind of language makes it seem like, oh, well, everybody who is indigenous is poor and needy. That's not true, but they have a lot more significant unmet needs than we have. They have been having trouble having access to clean drinking water for who knows how long. So in those kind of ways, they do have a lot more needs than we do that are unmet. Um, so I think, yeah, I think those verses are a great kind of starting point. Um, yeah. What do you think? Well, yeah, certainly the scriptural commands that you point out are very important for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's um I think there's a a, a, num- a number of reasons why. One of them would be, well, let me tell you a sad story. Mm. Uh, so we know that in our school system now, this is being taught much more, well, much differently than you and I learned about it when we were Absolutely. that age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my kids were learning about this at school. And so my eight-year-old son, Josh, is sitting in the class and they're watching some sort of video or, or looking at pictures or something like that. And in his little brain, he put together that every one of the people running these residential schools was wearing a cross around their neck. Mm-hmm. And he came home and he told my wife, he said, 
I was glad in that moment I hadn't told very many people that I go to church. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it breaks your heart a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and he repeated that to me later on. And so there's an element to this where the world is talking about this. Uh, the society that we live in is talking about this, and rightly so. Um, and th- the church needs to understand the part that the church played in this. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's easy for us to say, you know, that the government is responsible, and they are. Like, we can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to really face the reality of what people who bore the cross were guilty of. Yeah. And, and even further then it's easy to say, well, that was the Catholic church and not us. Hmm. Um, to, to which I think there's two responses. Number one is, does it, does it really make a difference to most people who don't understand the difference between the Catholic church totally. and the Mennonite brother in church, right? They, they yeah. Like the eight-year-olds in my son's class aren't going to make a distinction. Oh, that wasn't your church, so it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then we we also, uh, I learned um, after the discovery in Kamloops that there were Mennonites running some of these schools in Ontario mm-hmm. and involved yeah. in others in Manitoba and Saskatchewan. And so our our hands are not totally clean either. Yeah. And that's so, interesting. Sorry, you go. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's interesting that the idea of like corporate sin and corporate confession is such a like, um, I don't know, such a taboo topic because we see corporate confession happen a lot in the Bible and like confession of past sins uh, for past generations. Mm -hmm. And it's so normal in the Old Testament. It happens constantly. So I think, I don't know why we are so kind of afraid to i don't know apologize on behalf of the generations before us and take responsibility in that way um and yeah it, i mean and that can feel really really heavy to do and to kind of i guess self analyze and realize like oh like maybe i'm personally am not responsible but i still have a role to play here moving forward in reconciliation as does mm-hmm. everybody yeah yeah so and that that leads me to i think another part of this for me as to why we should talk about it is there, there have been some people who have been pushed back a little bit on this heavy focus on, on looking at indigenous issues and saying, this is just like, it's just culture, right? Like our, our secular culture is pushing a narrative here and we need to resist it. And I, I would just say gently to that, like we as Christians are, are called, I can't remember who it was. There was a, maybe it was Billy Graham. I shouldn't ascribe his name to it, but Hmm. some preacher or theologian who said we should have uh, the the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. Oh, (laughs) interesting. Yeah. We are called, yes, to interpret the scripture, but we're also called to interpret the culture and to apply the scriptural principles to how we engage with culture. And I suggest that on this particular issue, we have something we can contribute because the 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 message of christ is one of reconciliation so Mm -hmm. there's there's something that we can contribute to this rather than pretend it didn't happen or try to avoid the conversation 
Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another compelling reason to enter into this. And uh, again, not with the posture of we've got the answers, but mm-hmm. how can we be a part of the solution? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can remember too, like when Jesus was walking on the earth, he was engaging with the culture a hundred percent. Obviously we yeah. lived in very different cultures, but he was not turning a blind eye to what was happening around him either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's so, yeah. So important. Like you just said, we don't want to be turning a blind eye yeah. to what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder like uh, the, the Kamloops discovery, uh, I can't remember. Was that March? Uh, March or I feel like it was this summer, but I, my summer. concept of time yeah. is out the door. So oh, it might've been late May or June, actually. Um, what, what have you done, Holly, to learn a little bit more about all hmm. of us since then? There, yeah, there's been a lot of like self-reflection for sure. And even just, I mean, the biggest thing that I've been trying to do is just listen to indigenous voices. Um, I do one of my good friends, Allie, if you're listening, um, they are indigenous themselves and, um, yeah, Allie used to be involved uh, in Ross road as well, but, um, yeah, I've just been asking about their experience, um, and like their family's experience as well. And just trying to be a listening ear above everything, uh, because like we've been mentioning in this podcast, it's really, we can't come in and fix everything. Um, but we can, I feel like we all do have a job in educating ourselves. And I feel like that can be the biggest thing that we can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've also been reflecting a lot on kind of the culture that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. Um, Craig and I were kind of just talking about this before we started the podcast, but I grew up in a really different time than we are Uh, And even like when I say grew up, I went to high school, I graduated in 2012. So, and I mean, that's totally a different time than the Gen Z is kind of experiencing now. And that's only like a 10 year kind of difference. So I even know the culture that I grew up in is totally different than uh, like Gen X and like baby boomers, whatever. But the culture was super different. I never learned about residential schools in the public school system. Uh, I never, I think the only history that I learned about um, indigenous people in social studies was just maybe about like fur trading, but that was all I remember learning in social studies. And so I don't know, maybe that is also attributed to the fact that maybe I wasn't a great student and maybe I don't remember things well, but I do think a big part of it is the fact that we weren't being told like the truth for a long time. Um, so I don't know when that shift started to happen. So I was saying to Craig, like, it's, I guess, learning that like, yeah, it's not obviously, um, it's not my fault that I kind of grew up in a time where I didn't learn about this, but that's not an excuse to continue to not educate myself and make actions moving forward. Mm -hmm. So if you, maybe you're listening to this and you've never heard about, maybe you didn't hear about residential schools until this year as well, that might be an a con or not a contributor, but that might be a result of the fact of maybe the school system or kind of culture that you grew up in, but it doesn't mean we should stop there. I think, I think, yeah, that's been my biggest thing of learning is like, we all have a role to play moving forward to just actually learn the history. And so I think that's been kind of what I've been trying to do the most is to just learn the history. How about yourself? So one of the first things I did was I, I took a book out of our church library called Seven Fallen Feathers. 
And the premise of this story is it follows seven indigenous youth who left their remote indigenous communities where they were born and grew up uh, to go to high school in Thunder Bay, Ontario. And uh, between 2000 and 2011, and all seven of them in those 11 years ended up dying in Thunder Bay. Mm. Um, most of them, maybe all of them ended up in the river in Thunder Bay and like their bodies had to be found. Wow. Um, and so it, it talks about the process of trying to get the police involved and how that was way more difficult than it should have been. And how the, the circumstances around their deaths were suspicious, but there was never really a good investigation into why they died and and um so there was an an overt racism that was happening towards indigenous kids in thunder bay and so the what it left me with was this um well i was just very sad first of all yeah um but also the the realization that this isn't a problem that ended yeah. Right. Like residential schools, yes, ended in 96, but they go into the book explores the communities that these kids came from. And you can see that there is some basic education that's available in these communities. But if these kids are going to get any kind of good education beyond that, they have to go into these different big cities and they're not prepared well to do so. And the system that is set up is, is not one that's conducive to them actually yeah, succeeding. Totally. And, and some of the, the facilities in these remote indigenous communities are just beyond awful. Mm. Um, and some of them are described in the book and just makes you shake your head like this is still going on now. This is not something that ended in 1996. Yeah. Um, so that... That was a helpful, though sad, um, piece of learning for me. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, then doing a little bit of research into the history of the church in residential schools and specifically the Mennonite Brethren in residential schools. I'm currently just in a class uh, that Food for the Hungry is putting on called Canadian Indigenous Realities in the Canadian Church. And oh, cool. That's just uh, six sessions. It's led by Ray Aldred, who's a Cree man and a professor at, um, I believe, the Vancouver School of Theology, if I'm remembering right. Hmm. And so we're one session into that. And already there's been some insights there that have been helpful. Um, hmm. But looking forward to hearing more about how all of that plays out. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that sounds really interesting. Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think they were expecting it to be a, a smaller kind of group where you could have like interactions in the virtual classroom kind of thing. Yeah. And then over 400 people signed up. So, wow. <laughs> so it turned into a webinar. Um, hmm. Oh, that's great that there's that many people like engaging with it, though. That's great. Yeah, from all across Canada. So, hmm. yeah. So, hmm. uh, what's our role in reconciliation? What does the church ought to do? I and mean, that's a big question and probably hard mm -hmm. to answer, but yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah, well, I think we have started to see that in the last uh, like half a year or so since we've um, heard the news of the children being found. Uh, and I think even, especially during that week when churches kind of even started to make statements and say like, um, 
you know, we recognize that the church served a role in this. I think that is totally a huge first step. Um, yeah, what the steps are moving forward, it can be hard to say, but I think continuing to learn for all of us. And I think being, I think us being able to have a humility that like maybe we're wrong on a subject. I think, yeah, being able to say I was wrong about this is like the biggest lesson anybody can ever learn. Um, but yeah, I think coming into it with a humility, being willing to learn, um, making, I would say also like engaging in relationships. Like if you don't have or know anybody in your life that is indigenous, like perhaps seeking out a relationship like that somewhere. Um, even when I, I kind of was asking Allie this question, um, my friend who is indigenous and they were saying, if you get an opportunity, just participate in the culture. Uh, like if there is an event that you're invited to, to kind of go there and to just, yeah, be open to seeing parts of the culture, I think would be a really cool thing, but that's obviously something you could do more like personally when it comes to the church as a whole, I think we definitely are starting to see steps being taken, but I think like, yeah, I don't know, even just being able to engage in conversation with one another, mm -hmm. um, like how you and I are doing right now. I think if the rest of the church is willing to participate in these kind of conversations, I think that would be a great step too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. All of those things. Um, uh, I, I, I was asking this question fairly soon after the, the Kamloops school discovery and, um, a wise person said, don't rush too quickly into trying to solve things, S sit with yeah. people in their pain for a while. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So lear learning uh, about that pain is part of that, that yeah. uh, journey. Um, and then I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I wonder if there's some sort of uh, partnership that could be had with mm -hmm. an indigenous church um, and Ooh. indigenous believers. Like yeah. what, what could we do to learn more and, and partner mm -hmm. in a better way? But um, a great idea. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't know exactly what that looks like uh, right. at this point, but yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So any other thoughts here, Holly? Oh man. Um, do I have any more thoughts? Well, yeah, I'm excited for tomorrow night for youth. We're going to meet together. It is, um, we have youth on the stat. So I was kind of going back and forth on whether or not it would be appropriate to meet. And I wasn't sure if canceling youth would be the right move or if we should get together and try to have conversations about it. So we're going to do just that. Um, yeah, Shalane Strom recommended a docu-series to me that I watched the first episode of, and it was really fascinating. Mm -hmm. If anybody's listening and you want um, a resource for learning, you could check out uh, First Contact um, Canada online. And it's basically a series where um, you just see a group of people. Uh, they are all uh, white people and they go into, basically they just go into um, indigenous communities and they just get to see kind of what they experience and they just get to live with them. And they chose people who all had kind of very um, strong opinions. So they did that intentionally so that they could um, kind of see firsthand what um, indigenous people are experiencing. Yeah. Uh, so that was a really interesting episode that I watched. I'm gonna finish watching the whole series too, yeah. but um, yeah. 
I think that'll cause some really good conversation tomorrow night at youth. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. um, another resource that people could look at is um, a video that was sent to me. And um, I'm just looking for the right link here. This great podcasting as I search for something. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, there's, there is a community in Saskatchewan that has had some um, significant reconciliation that has happened uh, between the church and the indigenous community. Wow. And there's about a half hour video that takes you through that experience. And um, boy, this is great podcasting as I try and search through my emails and find where that was. <laughs> no, you know, it just shows that, uh, you know, we're going on the fly. We are going and, uh, on We're not the perfect fly. here. Yeah, we, we, that's the beauty the of podcasting. We're not limited by anything, really. That, yeah, that is true. Um, boy, I wish I could remember the community's name off the top of my head, but... Um, this is probably riveting listening for our yeah, audience right now. Yeah, that's right. Oh, here we go. I found it. Um, Laird, Saskatchewan is a Mennonite church along with a Lutheran church. Uh, sought reconciliation with a local First Nations band uh, whose small reserve was essentially taken from them by Mennonite and Lutheran farm settlers. Hmm. And so um, if you want to watch it, you can go to this website. It's reserve107thefilm.com. Oh, yes. Reserve107thefilm.com. I totally started watching that. I am seven minutes in and I need to finish it. I also have that tab open on my computer. Oh, do you? Oh, you could have saved have, all We could have avoided this this whole time. But in <laughs> fairness, I didn't know what you were looking for. <laughs> you should be able to read my mind by now, Holly. I, you know what? I can't believe that I can't. That's, uh, wow. Yeah. So that's another good resource that yeah. uh, people could check out. So Yeah. There's also, um, I have a prayer um, like call to action guide also that Shalane sent me, um, through an organization called the Alliance Canada. And it has a lot of, I don't even, is it 94 days of like 94 calls to action and 94 prayers. Mm. Uh, so that's really interesting in terms of like helping you pray about all this too. So that's, um, a really good resource too. the Alliance Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good. Well, we'll keep learning and keep growing and um, uh, we'll, we'll pray for a better future with our yeah. indigenous neighbors and brothers Absolutely. and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. so. All right. Well, Holly, mm -hmm. we will uh, take a pause here. We did say to our listeners last episode that Graham Hoffs would be our next guest. Oh, that's and, right. Um, so maybe he'll be on the next episode, but he's a little hard to get, you know, he's a big deal. So that's true. Yeah. He's a hot commodity. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully we'll get him on episode three. And in the meantime, connect the thoughts, give us your feedback. The right answer could win you a prize and uh, we'll see you next time. See you later. See you later.